you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify. You can get in touch. My email is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. And the voicemail is 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, yesterday in the House of Representatives, the uh, the... The politicians did what they like to do, and that is cover their butt, and they passed a resolution on a vote of 354 to 60 to condemn President Trump's withdrawal of the remaining American troops from the uh, the quagmire that is Syria, that the neocons went in and destabilized in their determination to overturn the Assad regime, and which has unleashed uh, all sorts of unintended consequences as it did in Iraq and the occupation of Afghanistan and the, the overthrow of uh, Mohammed uh, Muammar Gaddafi in Syria. And uh, just about every place we go that we try to engineer, um, you know, the, the leadership, it uh, results in unintended consequences and, uh, and usually results in uh, mass bloodshed. Now, there is a place for uh, American might on the world stage, but uh, the way they've been using it for the last, oh, well, really since the Korean War has been uh, deeply irresponsible. They have not taken a, a vote to authorize a war on any of these these um, foreign adventures that the foreign policy community and, uh, and the military-industrial complex is engaged in. And now we've got a president that we sent to Washington who ran on the express intent of getting us out of these wars, and, uh, and official Washington has mobilized to oppose him, including the Republicans. They're, uh, they're voting uh, to condemn the president's actions because they want to cover their butts, because if uh, the things continue to, to go sideways in Syria, as they probably will, then they can say, well, it's not my fault. I wanted to keep American troops there. Well, the the thing is, things would have continued to go bad in Syria, even if those um, about a 1,000 American troops had stayed. The only difference is it won't be America's sons and daughters dying in that godforsaken land that we have no national interest in whatsoever. But uh, even old George W. Bush, if you can believe it, got off the sidelines and weighed in on this, claiming that um, that Trump's isolation and isolationist foreign policy is a, a danger to world peace. He says we're becoming an isolationist, and that's uh, dangerous for the sake of peace. These people are the most unself-aware people in 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 the world this is a guy that uh that basically made a a mess uh 
out of Iraq by going in and in, uh, and overturning the government there, allowing Iran to basically become the dominant force in the Middle East, went in and occupied Afghanistan instead of just going in, getting bin Laden and uh, killing him and wiping out Al-Qaeda, went in and occupied the place, trying to turn it into some Jeffersonian democracy. We're still bogged down there almost 20 years later. But he can't just sit down and keep his mouth shut after the numerous uh, disasters he's created. He wants to uh, continue to argue for further interventions. An isolationist United States is destabilizing around the world, Bush said. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, I'm hearing a a lot of um, the public relations campaign for the the interventionists say, well, the the veterans are uh, hurt and uh, the military wants to stay in this fight. Well, first of all, I don't believe that's the case. I think if you would actually poll them, most veterans would realize, excuse me, that, uh, you know, these, uh, these interventions have been a disaster and the loss of life and treasure by the United States has been massive. And there has not only been scant reward for that, we have actually made matters worse. Now, I'm not, I'm not surprised that the Bushes are angry at Donald Trump and take every opportunity to try to um, criticize him because <clears throat> they wanted to, you know, have yet another Bush uh, in the White House and have this Bush dynasty that would have been a total disaster, a continuing disaster for the United States. But you would think that the guy would have enough self-awareness to to realize that he was the last person in the world that needs to be criticizing another president for trying to extricate us from the kinds of messes that he and his neocon foreign policy community have created. And we're starting to see more and more of these uh, public relations type, um, you know, videos coming out of of Syria, and they show atrocities being committed by the Turks and and the Kurds and the Syrians. And what it really illustrates is, first of all, that there's no real national interest in the area other than destroying ISIS, and we have done that. And now that we have done it, we should uh, extricate ourselves. But it really shows just what a... Um, what a mess, what a snake pit of competing interests and um, ancient blood feuds are going on over there. And the United States, with a, gr- uh, a, a force of about 1,000 soldiers, is not going to solve that. All we're going to do is leave them over there as a tripwire, get a bunch of Americans killed for no good reason and then escalate into a wider conflagration. 
Lindsey Graham has uh, has donned his you know neocon hat and tried to take up uh, John McCain's flag and be the uh, the champion among the Republicans of these continued interventions. And Rand Paul was on MSNBC. Not a natural place where you would expect Rand Paul to be appearing. But um, the uh, uh, the moderator over there, the host, I can't remember her name, uh, Stephanie Rule, uh, was badgering him and, and doing her best impersonation of one of these neocons. Now, you know, when, when Bush was over there being a neocon, everybody on the left was condemning him. But now that it, it's uh, Trump that's trying to... Um, bring our troops home and get us out of these. They, they've become neocons themselves. And Stephanie rule is, uh, is mouthing Lindsey Graham's talking points, uh, for Rand Paul to respond to. So it sounds like you're saying to me, why don't we let this thing play out and see where the chips fall? But Lindsey Graham has said making a mistake like that is what we saw happen in the last administration. And you could potentially let something like ISIS resurge. We know that we've already. We know you could let something like ISIS. Well, going in over there is what allowed ISIS to uh, get a foothold in Syria and establish this caliphate. Donald Trump, in his very first months in office, took the reins off of our military and allowed them to destroy ISIS. Now, there are, you know, isolated pockets of dead-enders and ISIS still holding out. But the, the caliphate has been destroyed. Their, their military capabilities have been destroyed. We're supposed to uh, go in and continue to occupy Syria to keep any uh, any you know lone wolf ISIS holdout from you know raising the ISIS flag, based on that kind of standard, we would never be able to leave any war. Have seen in the last forty-eight hours an ISIS flag being raised again? And for Americans yeah. who are saying, "I'm not paying attention to what's happening seven thousand miles away." They do remember what happened on 9-11 right here in New York City and in Washington. They remember what happened on 9-11. How uneducated are the American people? This is a woman that is hosting a news show on a major cable uh, news channel. She doesn't know how it came to be that al-Qaeda attacked the United States. She doesn't know that the United States funded Osama bin Laden and created al-Qaeda by, uh, by backing the uh, Mujahideen in, uh, in Afghanistan. But now she wants to somehow make a connection between ISIS and 9-11. Well, uh, ISIS are terrorists, and they do want to do damage to the United States. The best thing we could do is take a small fraction of the um, treasure and resources that we have wasted in Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya and put that into securing our homeland. Stop letting uh, refugees and immigrants come to this nation from uh, nations with histories of terrorism that hate the United States. That might be a good start. And let 
these uh, these people over in the Middle East sort out their own ancient blood feuds. Yeah, I would say that Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham's been wrong about almost every foreign policy decision of the last two decades. He was wrong about the Iraq War. The Iraq War was a mistake and made Iran stronger, allowed more chaos, more instability, and more terrorism. He was wrong about the war in Libya. It led to more chaos and more terrorism. He's wrong about this. He's been wrong about the Syrian war from the beginning because the neocons, Lindsey Graham and others, and actually many liberals like Hillary Clinton, they actually all supported the Sunni extremist against Assad. I'm not so sure that the Sunni extremist taking over Syria would have been better than Assad. I'm not a fan of Assad, but sometimes maybe you have two evils and you really don't have to pick sides. That's what we're supposed to vote on and have a debate, a big public debate about when we go to war. And I don't see a national interest over there. And the only way you determine if there is one, let's have a big spirited national debate, a vote in Congress and decide whether we're sending our kids to war. But 50 soldiers over yeah, instead of taking a vote to condemn the president trying to get us out of a war, how about you take a vote when we are, we're contemplating going into war and express yourself on that? They want to cover their butts when the president is trying to undo the messes that, that um, administrations, both Democrat and Republican, have gotten us into with the acquiescence or a blind obedience of the Congress. And I'll just remind you, I've got a clip here. This is, um, this is the Obama administration talking heads determined to overturn the Assad government in Syria. I am confident that Assad's days are numbered. The world will not waver. Assad must go. We both agree that Assad needs to go. It is just further evidence that Assad has to go. He is no longer legitimate and that he needs to go. For the sake of the Syrian people, the time has come for him to set, step aside. Assad is on his way out. We all need to be thinking about the day after Assad. Assad has lost all legitimacy that his time has passed. President, uh, This goes on and on and on. You don't want to hear it. You know what went on. They went in over there, they, uh, they supported, they actually, the United States was funding al-Qaeda in Syria because they were fighting against the Assad regime. The Assad regime was trying to hold on. Yes, the Assad regime was, uh, was unsavory and had human rights violations. You know who else has human rights violations? China, and we're doing a lot of business with China. We shouldn't be doing business with China. We should not have been doing business with Assad, but we should not have gotten ourselves bogged down in another one of these Middle East bloodbaths. We allowed ISIS to uh, to get a foothold in Iraq where we destabilized the government there. They expanded their caliphate into Syria. And Donald Trump went in and took care of business. He wiped out ISIS and now they're telling us we have to stay in Syria from now on, continue to destabilize the region, and put ourselves in between our NATO allies in Turkey and the Kurdish people. I've got one more clip here from Rand Paul, who is basically saying what's going on right now is under the, under the circumstances, the best possible outcome we could hope for. 
Sort of one of the strange compromises in Washington, they all seem to be in favor of continued intervention everywhere. They never believe you can come home. When President Trump talked about coming home from Afghanistan, the immediate response was it would be precipitous. And I'm like, 19 years and it's precipitous to come home. So really, it's really appalling, but there seems to be almost nobody really looking at the situation. But we'll tell you one extraordinary thing. For months I've been saying, you know what, the best chance the Syrian Kurds have is actually making an alliance with Assad to protect them against the Kurds. That's already happening. As we speak, they're beginning to have an alliance. Their best chance of having some kind of autonomous zone is being part of Syria and reassuring Turkey that they're not going to be making incursions into Turkey. That's what happened in Iraq. There is a, a semi-autonomous yes. region for the Kurds, but they're within the government of Iraq, and they've gotten the uh, assurity that they're not going to invade into Turkey. Interestingly, there are 1,800 Turkish businesses in Kurdistan, the Kurdish area of Iraq now, and they actually are getting along pretty well. That could happen in Syria too, but we've prevented it because we keep saying you can't talk to Assad, Assad must go, but really you probably do have to eventually talk to Assad to have peace there. We're not going to overturn the Assad government. If the people in Syria are unhappy enough with Assad, they'll do it themselves. Uh, a thousand U.S. soldiers over there are not going to do anything except for lead to a wider war. The president was right. All but 60 members of the House of Representatives were dead wrong, as they have been about almost every foreign policy uh, issue in the last two or three decades. One, re- one way you know that you're on the right track is if the uh, members in Washington, D.C. vote against you. That's the best indication you'll ha- you have that what you're doing is right. And I think that this vote in the House of Representatives by these spineless politicians condemning Donald Trump for finally getting us the hell out of the Middle East is the best indication yet that Donald Trump is absolutely on the right track we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at Nancy Pelosi's little tantrum she took yesterday uh, in a meeting with the president. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Millions of people today have no dental insurance. If you're without insurance, do you have a plan to care for your teeth without spending a fortune? Introducing DentalPlans.com. How would you like to save 10 to 60% off your next dental visit for as little as $7 a month? We offer trusted dental savings plans from companies like Cigna and Aetna with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Be a part of the 1 million-plus happy smiles served since 1999 that save money when they visit the dentist. You can save on cleanings, dentures, braces, x-rays, fillings, crowns, root canals, and even teeth whitening. Call 800-296-1247 now to start saving immediately. Mention promo code RADIO to receive 15% off any plan. And for a limited time, one month free. Call 800-296-1247. That's 800-296-1247. Fees building only plus a $20 processing fee. Savings plans are not insurance. Savings will vary by provider. Plans are Consult with plan detail page for additional plan terms. Not all plans and offers available in all markets. Mojo. So Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Steny Hoyer, I think a couple of others, uh, walked out of a meeting yesterday with Donald Trump on the in the aftermath of this 
the um, cowardly resolution in the House of Representatives condemning Donald Trump from, for finally bringing our troops out of, out of one of these Middle East hellholes. And um, we don't know exactly what happened, but apparently uh, the president uh, pushed back hard against this, uh, this you know, swamp uh, that uh, tried to uh, insist <clears throat> that the only path forward was to continue to do what we're doing and not uh, not upset the status quo over there in uh, in Syria. And you had uh, Nancy and Chuck Schumer and Steny Hoyer come out of this meeting and assemble uh, in front of the White House and uh, and start um, you know blaming the president. He hurt Nancy's feelings. He called her a third-rate politician. And, uh, and he said we might have sympathy with the Kurds because the Kurds are communists. And, uh, and so we had to get up and walk out. Now, keep in mind that we're talking about American soldiers on the ground in the Middle East, on the sand over there, fighting and dying. But Nancy Pelosi can't be called a third-rate politician after she has, for the last uh, year, mobilized her entire um, – Democrat caucus in the House of Representatives to conduct an illegitimate impeachment proceeding against this United States the president. She's got six committees with staffs and, and lawyers harassing this president 24 hours a day around the clock. But if he calls her a third-rate politician, that's just too much for her. They have to storm out of the meeting. We can't talk about, um, you know, Issues relating to life and death because Nancy Pelosi's feelings have been hurt. And here's old um, uh, Chuck Schumer saying what went on. And, and while you listen to this, you just tell me if he doesn't sound like a just a, a crybaby. He was insulting, particularly to the speaker. She kept her cool completely. But he called her a third-rate politician. He said that the, there are communists involved and you guys might like that. I mean, this was not a dialogue. It was sort of a diatribe, a nasty diatribe. Not- it was a nasty diatribe. He said we might have sympathy with communists. Well, you have communists right there in your ranks. One of the leaders of the, for the nomination for your next presidential candidate is a dyed-in-the-wool Marxist, a stone-cold communist, and then you've got lesser degrees of these socialists. But, you know, when Chuck Schumer was going on, this is what I heard. (laughs) That's exactly what was going on. Nancy came in condemning the president for withdrawing our troops from Syria. And having just, you know, put forward this resolution to undermine the president's uh, actions that were long, long overdue. The size of the vote, more than two to one of the Republicans voted to oppose what the president did, probably got to the president uh, because he was shaken up by it. And that's why uh, we couldn't continue in the meeting because he was just not relating to the reality. He was just not relating to the reality that we passed a resolution saying we're covering our butts and anything that happens 
with you trying to clean up the mess that we made is your fault now because we wash our hands of it. She is a third-rate politician. She is the worst type of politician you can uh, imagine. She plays politics all the time. She doesn't try to get anything constructive done. You know, the U.S. uh, Canadian... uh, The U.S.-Mexico-Canadian trade deal is still sitting on her desk. That is a a trade deal that will uh, vastly improve working conditions and pay for American workers. But she's been so focused on impeachment, she hasn't had time to take care of that actual business of the people of the United States. She's too busy trying to get rid of this president. Pretty disgusting. Stick with us. We'll be back after these messages, and we'll talk about the situation in the NBA right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID nineteen testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive-through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back with Jim Dawes on right now on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. So the impeachment frenzy is continuing in the House of Representatives. They're conducting their star chambers. Uh, the The focus is on Adam Schiff, chairman of the. House Intelligence Committee, somebody that has uh, proven himself repeatedly to be a liar and a leaker and somebody that is uh, totally uh, focused and concerned on domestic politics, has got the reins of the House Intelligence Committee. And instead of doing any of the business of the House Intelligence Committee, like maybe getting uh, getting to the bottom of why uh, John Brennan's CIA under Barack Obama involved itself in the last presidential election or, you know, what it is exactly going on um, in, in China or other places where we, we, we do face actual threats. Schiff has got that committee bogged down in impeachment. There's nothing in regards to this impeachment that is a uh, intelligence issue you could argue that it's a foreign relations issue but always in the past in the three prior 
impeachments, and this is not on par in any way with the three prior impeachments. This is some sort of impeachment theater that has not been authorized and has specifically been uh, voted down in the House of Representatives. But um, in all previous cases, it was the Judiciary Committee because that's where you get, uh, you would expect some sort of due process to come out of, not the Intelligence Committee, but Nancy's got old Adam Schiff running this because he is the most willing to, uh, to be dishonest and to twist uh, every sort of precedent or principle of fair play or due process to his desired end, which, of course, is to get rid of the president that America elected in 2016. And I got to compliment old Matt Gatz, Gates, a representative from Florida. I think he's up near the panhandle uh, for uh, having the uh, cojones to go down to the star chamber and uh, and go in and, and sit down and force Adam Schiff to remove a member of the Judiciary Committee from hearing testimony uh, that was going on trying to unseat the president. You wonder why they're all not down there. Why don't all of the members, the Republican members of the Judiciary Committee, go down there and insist on sitting in on this? It's At some point, the whole House is going to have to uh, vote on this and hear it if they want to proceed with this impeachment. How are, why are they conducting this business behind closed doors? They're doing it in a way that denies the Republican uh, minority any opportunity to ask questions or call their own witnesses. This is the type of proceeding that you would see in the former, former Soviet Union or Mao's uh, China during the Cultural Revolution or Indeed, uh, you know, in, in a place uh, like um, Saddam Hussein's Iraq, where they hit, held these uh, show trials with a predetermined outcome just designed to, um, you know, to put some sort of flimsy um, fig leaf on what is obviously a, uh, um, um, a coup. Gats actually appeared on Hannity's show, and here's what he had to say about his his visit to the House Intelligence Committee. Matt Gates earlier today was actually thrown out of the impeachment inquiry. Why, Matt? It's very bizarre, Sean. On September 12th, about a month ago, the judiciary chairman launched the impeachment inquiry, and today Adam Schiff removed me as a member of the Judiciary Committee from the deposition he was taking. This is proof that Democrats can't win a fair election, they can't win a fair debate, and they absolutely cannot run a fair impeachment inquiry because they're stacking the deck. They're doing everything they can to limit our access to witnesses and evidence. They're not allowing us to call witnesses. And by the way, if Republicans had a witness it would be Adam Schiff who would be a fact witness because of the collusion that he was and his staff were engaged in with the whistleblower that they then lied about. Hey, the whistleblower, the whistleblower. Do you notice the whistleblower has uh, disappeared from the coverage in the, uh, the mainstream media? They don't talk about the whistleblower anymore because it's become quite clear that this whistleblower has been uh, put up by the deep state, including uh, Adam Schiff and his staff. And uh, they don't want him to have to answer any questions from the Republicans about how uh, this whole complaint came about. 
He's represented by a Soros-funded uh, law firm that uh, that exists, that was formed for the explicit purpose of trying to unseat Donald Trump. The American people have a right to know what's going on with this whistleblower. The whistleblower was uh, the dossier, the whistleblower complaint was the dossier 2.0 that was um, that was rolled out when Donald Trump and Bill Barr started getting to the bottom of of the uh, uh, the Spygate scandal in order to put the president back on defense and maybe try to uh, you know muddy him up enough before the election that one of these uh, ragtag clowns in the Democrat uh, nomination process could possibly beat him. And so they took it away from uh, from Jerry Nadler, who had made a mess of uh, of the Mueller report, and then you know trying to uh, to gin up something with um, with Michael Cohen or Corey Lewandowski, and they and they gave uh, the impeachment jihad responsibilities to old Adam Schiff. And the more we can keep Adam Schiff on the television, the better off we are because. If there was ever somebody that was an obvious liar and an obviously just despicable human being, it is Adam Schiff. Here's Lee Zeldin, representative from New York, uh, talking about the star chamber that Adam Schiff is running. Zeldin serves on the Foreign Affairs Committee, sir. How are you? And good morning. What came of nine hours with Fiona Hill, sir? Cherry-picked leaks, withholding key facts, and outright lying. That's been the formula for Adam Schiff and his team this entire time, uh, and we're seeing it overnight once again. Okay, uh, the did, entire did John, story is did, not coming out. Did John Bolton tell her to report to a lawyer back in early July? I, I am not able to get into the substance of what was discussed, but it's not because uh, I don't want the information to be out there. I actually want the entire transcript to be out there right now this morning. You and I should be able to have a conversation where right in front of you is the transcript of every single question that was asked yesterday, every single answer that was given. But instead, this strategy of cherry-picking out leaks is not giving you by a long shot the full story of what, of what happened yesterday. Uh, I am not allowed to, to talk about anything that happened, and that's why I'm calling for full transparency. So Adam Schiff has got these rules set up where nobody's allowed to uh, talk about anything that went on in these depositions. And if they are, then they'll sick their ethics watchdogs on them like they did Devin Nunes at the beginning of the Russiagate scandal. And what I, the question I've got is why don't the Republicans start playing hardball in the same way that Adam Schiff is? They, they need to be filing ethics complaints every day against this this thoroughly dishonest, despicable character, Adam Schiff. They need to be just uh, papering him with a blizzard of ethics complaints. If they want to play this game, the only way you can respond is to fight fire with fire. But I think uh, Andy Biggs has gone down there and tried to get in as well, and they're making a, um, you know a demonstration that uh, that Schiff is is uh, trying to do all of this in a secret star chamber, and that's good. That um, that witness that Lee Zeldin mentioned, Fiona Hill, as a former uh, State Department employee, was not a party to the phone call. Was not uh, in her job when any of this took place. 
but she's testifying that uh, that Donald Trump uh, ignored the advice of the State Department of professionals, the Obama holdovers, in regards to uh, to the Ukraine. Well, yeah, I would completely expect Donald Trump to ignore the advice of the Obama holdovers in the State Department with regard to Ukraine because the Ukraine was one of the major sources of this uh, this whole uh, dossier and and uh, Russia Gate hoax that uh, has been perpetrated against the president. Why would he take the advice of the people that uh, participated in this uh, this effort to undermine the the election? I've got one more clip on this topic, and then we're going to move on to what's going on over with King James, LeBron James, and the NBA. This is Judge Janine saying it as only she can, describing exactly who this Adam Schiff is. The truth is that, uh, you know, why are they so worried about this whistleblower? That cracks me up. Didn't Obama fire the whistleblower in Fast and Furious? I think so. I mean, oh, yeah, I'm telling you, he did. That was just a rhetorical <laughs> question. Okay? I'm not right. used to having you but, over here. Oh, you're not? And, but, but, and plus, you know, Schiff lied. The guy used to try cases. Don't say you misspoke. You lied. You yeah. lied. You waited a month. You created a narrative. You got lawyers, started tweeting to tee it all up. You're a liar. That's the end of it. That is the end of it. When we, we're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the situation in the NBA, and then we're going to just um, recap the total and complete uh, meltdown of the legacy media this last week. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries. So there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over $1.30 in Canadian dollars. And it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. That's 800-932-1596. So the NBA has really shown their ass after after trying to posture itself as the most woke of the sports leagues, the most dedicated to social justice. They've shown themselves that uh, they're they're just frauds and and pretenders. What they're really concerned about, first and foremost, and first, last, and always, is the bottom line. And these uh, these pampered, spoiled, overpaid, um, largely untalented. Uh, athletes in the NBA have have shown that uh, they will put their own bottom line before uh, any sort of uh, American value of freedom or democracy. And uh, and the the leader of the NBA, LeBron James, King James, they call him, 
has shown himself to be the most cowardly of all. Of course, you know that this all started when the uh, general manager of the Houston Rockets, uh, Maury, uh, came out and sent uh, just about a five-word tweet, stand with Hong Kong uh, protesters. Yeah, that's five words. And um, and that started a backlash where uh, China um, started uh, condemning the NBA, demanding an apology, and uh, Adam Silver, the the uh, the chair of the NBA, came out and uh, and kowtowed to the communist dictators. If you're not familiar with what that word means, kowtow, it is a uh, an old um, Asian. I think it's a Chinese practice where when you insult uh, one of the powerful people over there, you have to grovel and scrape and and kiss their feet and beg forgiveness and basically just uh, you know make a uh, uh, humiliate yourself in front of them. And that's exactly what the NBA did, and they did it quickly. They didn't hesitate at all before kowtowing before the Chinese dictators. And, uh, and Adam, uh, silver took a lot of heat because he, uh, he said that, um, you know, while we have freedom of speech in the United States, we have to be careful that we don't insult or offend our masters in Beijing. And it came out after that, that, um, it was none other than King LeBron James himself that was saying that, um, Moray should be uh, should be disciplined. He should he should actually suffer consequences for his audacity of speaking out in favor of people that are struggling uh, to achieve the same freedoms that uh, we enjoy and that LeBron James used to uh, to come out of housing projects in Cleveland, Ohio, to become at this point almost a billionaire. I'm going to play a couple of clips here. This is uh, this first one is uh, uh, LeBron saying that um, you know uh, uh, Daryl Morey should have just kept his mouth shut. We, we all talk about this freedom of speech. Yes, we all do have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen um, when you're not thinking about others. You know, only, you're only thinking about yourself. So not thinking about others, only thinking about yourself. So Daryl Morey sends out a tweet in support of people uh, fighting for their human rights. And uh, LeBron James, the genius, the great paragon of social justice virtue, comes out and says that Morey was just thinking of himself when he was sending a tweet in support of people fighting for their uh, human rights. For the negative that can happen. Um, when you're not thinking about others, you know, only, you're only thinking about yourself. So um, I don't believe, uh, I don't want to get into a, a, word, a word or sentence uh, feud with Daryl. He doesn't want to get into a word or sentence feud with Daryl. Well, what, is, what does that mean? You don't want to get into a word or sentence feud. It sounds like you're in a word or sentence feud right now. Um, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on, on, on the situation at hand. Oh, Daryl Morey wasn't educated on the situation at hand. Well, maybe they can send Daryl Morey to a re-education camp. You know, they do that 
over in communist China. If you disagree with the government, well, if you disagree with them outright, they will uh, throw you in jail, uh, harvest your organs, and then execute you. But if you're just a member of a group that disagrees with the government or that they think might pose a threat to them, they will send them in mass to re-education camps. Maybe that's what LeBron is suggesting there. And um, and he spoke. And uh, so many people uh, could have been harmed, um, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, Not only financially, but spiritually, emotionally. (laughs) He's going to hurt their feelings? He's going to bruise them spiritually? He's talking, of course, about the other NBA players that were over in China at the time saying that he might have harmed them financially or spiritually or emotionally. So just be careful what we what we tweet and we say and what we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be um, a lot of negative that comes with that. We have, we have freedom of speech, but we dare not exercise it. Not when it comes to our, our Chinese overlords. I mentioned that uh, the NBA players were actually over in China when Maury sent his tweet in support of the uh, ongoing uh, efforts of the freedom movement in Hong Kong. And uh, here's a clip of a, uh, a CNN correspondent. I didn't know CNN covered sports, but uh, a CNN correspondent attending a news conference that the NBA held with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, two other of these social justice warriors that like to uh, fashion themselves as, you know, resistance members. And uh, the CNN correspondent tries to ask a question. Uh, the lady in the second row. Thank you. Hi, Christina McFarland, CNN. Um, the NBA has always been a league that prides itself on its player and its coaches being able to speak out openly about political and societal affairs. I just wonder, after the events of this week and the fallout we've seen, whether you would both feel differently about speaking out in that way in future. It's a legitimate question. This is an event that's... If you couldn't hear the NBA... Um, PR flag. She says, we're only taking basketball questions. Well, no, you guys have put yourselves in the middle of politics. You've decided that it's not enough for you to just play the game and let other people work out these political uh, issues. You've decided that you need to weigh in on these matters. And so why don't they answer the question? Happened this week during during the NBA. This particular question has not been answered. James. So James Harden and Russell Westbrook, who have never missed an opportunity to speak out against this president and speak uh, in support of Black Lives Matter and all of these other um, bogus social justice movements in the United States, when it's actually on the line and they may suffer some sort of financial consequences for running their mouth against a communist dictatorship that runs concentration camps and harvest people's organs, political uh, dissidents' organs, then they just sit there with a blank look on their face and have absolutely nothing to say. (laughs) I don't think Daryl Morley was educated, says LeBron James. This is a, a line that we've heard before from LeBron James. This is in the aftermath of the, um, last presidential election 
when LeBron James was asking how he explained that uh, Ohio had voted for Donald Trump. Uh, Steve Ashburner, NBA.com. You live and work in a state in which the majority of voters voted for the current president, um, some of whom, many of whom probably had valid reasons beyond his Twitter account or his, his social graces. How do you reconcile having called that choice a mistake that many of those people are also Cavaliers fans? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, you can... Um, I don't think a lot of people was educated. I don't think a lot of people was educated. You know, this is the problem when you turn to these athletes uh, for political opinions or, um, you know, anything, um, any, any of their opinions on these matters. Because really, most of them aren't terribly bright. They've spent um, almost all of their time and energy learning to play a game which, you know, more power to them. If people want to, you know, pay to be entertained by watching these guys play a a game, that's fine. But to elevate them as some sort of, um, you know, source for political or social commentary is is a joke and a waste of time. We're going to go to one more break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the week that was in the legacy media. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Millions of people today have no dental insurance. If you're without insurance, do you have a plan to care for your teeth without spending a fortune? Introducing DentalPlans.com. How would you like to save 10 to 60% off your next dental visit for as little as $7 a month? We offer trusted dental savings plans from companies like Cigna and Aetna with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Be a part of the 1 million-plus happy smiles served since 1999 that save money when they visit the dentist. You can save on cleanings, dentures, braces, x-rays, fillings, crowns, root canals, and even teeth whitening. Call 800-296-1247 now to start saving immediately. Mention promo code RADIO to receive 15% off any plan and for a limited time, one month free. Call 800-296-1247. That's 800-296-1247. Fees billed annually plus a $20 processing fee. Savings plans are not insurance. Savings will vary by provider, plan, and zip code. Consult with plan detail page for additional plan terms. Not all plans and offers available in all markets. You know, you would think with all the criticism that the mainstream media has experienced in the Trump era and then being caught out on all of these fake news stories that they would be somewhat chastened and they would try to double down and, and, uh, and increase their efforts to be accurate and fair. They have done just exactly the opposite. And uh, in this last week, we have seen just a total meltdown of the mainstream media and its uh, its supposed journalistic standards. What's really happened is, you know, that old term, they've jumped the shark. Uh, they, have, they have gone so far down this road of fake news that uh, I don't think there's any coming back. Of course, it started with Project Veritas and their expose of the blatant political bias that goes on there at CNN and Jeff Zucker's uh, determination to uh, to have this president impeached. I don't think any of these uh, these recordings that came out from this uh, this undercover uh, whistleblower 
uh, surprise anybody, it, but it does validate what we all knew and that Jeff Zucker is running um, just a, you know, um, a resistance operation over there at CNN. Over at NBC, the National Broadcasting Corporation, which, you know, at one time was a, a, a powerhouse in the news business, we've learned that the place has been taken over by a, a bunch of lech, leches. Uh, Ronan Farrow, uh, purported son of Woody Allen, but actually son of, of um, Frank Sinatra, uh, has wrote, written an expose that showed that um, they set, NBC did, on the Harvey Weinstein story because Weinstein was threatening to expose their serial um, abuser, Matt Lauer. In other words, Weinstein was calling up and saying, I know you've got this story about my uh, sexual assaults, but if you um, allow Pharaoh's story to go forward on me, then I'm going to blow the whistle on Matt Lauer. And the uh, executives at NBC that were responsible for, one, keeping Matt Lauer in place, and two, sitting on the Weinstein story, Oppenheim and um, the other guy whose name I can't remember, are still in place. ABC News got caught putting on a fake video that was supposed to be uh, documenting Turkey's atrocities against the Kurds in Syria when it turned out that it was actually uh, footage from a uh, a Kentucky firing range uh, demonstrating nighttime uh, automatic weapon fire. Uh, Fox News, uh, Shepard Smith has resigned supposedly because uh, of his principles and he can no longer take place when the truth of the matter is he had no ratings. Nobody that watches Fox News is interested in anything Shepard Smith had to say. And yet all of the other mainstream media celebrated Shep Smith's departure as um, speaking truth to power. He is a truth teller. And of course, at CBS on Faith the Nation, the moderator basically uh, tag teamed with Adam Schiff to promote his bogus impeachment narrative. It was embarrassing to watch. At this point, really, um, the alternate media is filling the void that used to be occupied by the legacy media. And if you're looking for any real news, you have to turn to the alternate sources of media, Prager University, One American News Network, the evening lineup at Fox News and others. And I must say right here on this program. Well, that takes us to the end. Thank you for joining us. I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow. For another edition of Right Now on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. We will talk to you then. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID 19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID 19 tests processed, You can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive-through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, You can count on Quest. 
So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com.